Welcome, beautiful and amazing human beings, to the first inaugural Change the News show. Joined today with Tim Pichette. I am Luke Radowski, and this is our first show ever. We will be doing introductions later, mainly because there's so much news to get into that, that we don't have time now. And of course, we're talking about the economic meltdown that is happening right now that Donald Trump is saying, quote, Nothing is shut down. Life and the economy will go on as he's claiming all the coronavirus linked market crashes, quote, good for the consumers because gas prices are coming down as he blames fake news for this historic collapse. Well, uh, there's many ways you could react to that. There's other people like Jim Cramer who are saying that this market is, of course, in uncharted waters, that this is the end of the bull market, that this is a sign of bad times to come. Tim, what's your take on everything before we get into Saudi Arabia, Vladimir Putin, and a bunch of other stuff? Yeah, well, thanks, Luke. It's uh, great to do a show with you. And yeah, we've seen a lot of crazy days. And today was a very, very crazy day in the market. And to me, the biggest story here is the fact that the Federal Reserve had a 50 basis point cut last week, an emergency basis point cut that almost never happens outside of a, a regular meeting. And the market still didn't care. And so for me, when this whole thing was going to kick off was the moment that the Fed finally loses control. Because for me, there's really only about three things that they can save. They can either save the dollar, they can either save the stock market or the bond market. They can't save all three. And then depending on you know who you're talking about for the bond market, it really depends who's going to be saved. Right now, it's the debtors that are going to be saved. The people who, uh, you know, all these big companies that have been basically, you know, over leveraging to the max, uh, just tons and tons of debt. And they're the ones who are going to be saved right now because what the Fed has done is they've come in, they've bought all these bonds and they've lowered the rates down to almost next to nothing. The 10-year treasury is at half a percent. 30-year treasury is a, at one point was underneath 1% today. And so what that is doing is that is the, the Fed is saying, we don't care about the dollar. What we're doing is we are we need to keep the bond market price, the bond interest rates low. And by keeping the bond prices low, we can then try to help out the stock market. But it's funny, the main thing they're trying to help out is the stock market. And that's the one thing that they're starting to lose control over right now. It's bleeding over to other markets right now. So we've got oil that's absolutely getting crushed right now. So on screen, what we're showing right now is crude oil uh, is at $31 a barrel, down 23% for the day. Brent oil down 22.97% for the day. I mean, Black Monday in the stock market was, I don't say only, that was down 22%. So right now, oil is having a Black Monday today. And these are days, uh, these are a pretty epic day here. Uh, we got into it in our last video. This was the third worst open to the market ever. And we're talking about an open to the market, uh, not, you know, inter intraday stuff. But yeah, we'll go, we'll go back to Luke and see where he wants to take this in terms of oil. Because I know there's a lot of different stuff going on and a lot of different ways that we could take this. Well, well, it's important to uh, explain to the people what's really happening with oil, because right now there's an overproduction of oil between a major geopolitical kind of war that's happening uh, between Saudi Arabia and Russia. Not a physical war, but an economic war, one that has been raging for a very long time that I've been looking at for a very long time. And when you look at Russia and Saudi Arabia, they are on the total opposite spectrum when it comes to the global chess game that's being played. Saudi Arabia is more aligned with the United States and the petrodollar. Russia is more aligned with Iran and China. Iran being, of course, the main chief enemy of Saudi Arabia. We almost even came close to a full out war between Saudi Arabia and Iran after supposed missile strikes uh, by 
Iranian-linked proxy somewhat connected, maybe officially, according to the U.S. government, Iranian forces, but that's a whole other story right now. But right now, Russia is refusing to cut its oil production, and Saudi Arabia is boosting their oil production. You take that in with fracking, you take that with the United States becoming energy independent and creating their own energy. Uh, this, of course, signals with the fall of oil, which again, some people are saying will go close to $20. I mean, this is huge, this is big, and it looks like this is gonna continue for a while as Russia is saying that they could weather the price of $25 a barrel of oil for up to 10 years. Now, this is also a major kind of economic warfare move. We saw the United States and Saudi Arabia ramp up production to go hit Iran, to go hit Venezuela, to go hit Russia, because again, these countries lose money when oil is not at a specific price. So it has been a major geopolitical weapon, and it looks like Saudi Arabia is unleashing the last oil that people are still willing to buy on the world market, flooding it, and this is why the price is as low as it is. Am I correct, or, or is there? do you see it a different way, Tim? Thanks, Luke. And you had pointed out that we were at close to full-out war between Saudi Arabia and Iran, and I think that's really important for two reasons. Number one, economic wars can often lead to hot wars. Number two, the Iran-Saudi uh, strike that happened right around the same time that the credit markets were freezing up. So this was mid-September of last year. I think it was September 14th. And what we had talked about on your main channel before this is how uh, you know all of that basically related to the current financial market uh, situation that's going on. But as it relates to the Saudi and Russia situation, you know, right around that same time, you had the Saudis who were going to IPO their Aramco, which is uh, Aramco, I believe that's how it's pronounced, is their state-owned uh, energy firm. And so what they were going to do is they were going to have that and they were going to uh, have an initial public offering to raise a bunch of money. And so basically right on cue, you get the uh, you get the uh, Saudi Iran drone strike that sends the price of oil way the heck higher, uh, which then leads to a very successful IPO from uh, from the Saudis right on cue when they need to get a whole boatload of money. So now they're sitting on a boatload of money and what they're able to do now is what they really want to do is consolidate their power. And so they can consolidate their power by, by I almost said printing more money, but no, that's the Federal Reserve, but by producing more and more oil. So there's actually, you get, on the one hand, you get, uh, a, they've got a demand decreases in oil because of everything going on with the coronavirus and the economy, so on and so forth. On the other hand, they're now putting the pedal down to the metal and then also, uh, you know, producing a lot more oil. So you're getting a big one-two punch but for them, it's not really about the money. It's about the control. And so a lot of these firms, they can't break even unless the price of oil is somewhere like $85 a barrel or $55 a barrel. And we actually do have a, a Discord channel that myself and John Snyson run. And we've got tons of great information over here. And what we see over here is that, I mean, the Russians, for instance, it's very hard for you guys to see this probably, but $18 is what it's actually, once you include the transportation costs, you're looking at $30. And that's the cheapest for how much Russia can produce oil. But if you go up to the arctic region in russia you're looking at over 120 dollars a barrel to produce uh oil now it's also important to uh important to point out that there's a big difference between 
what it takes for them to produce oil effectively and also the amount it takes for them to balance their budget. So for instance, the Saudis can produce oil very cheaply. I mean, basically stick a straw in the ground and pull out oil. But the problem is, is that in order for them to break even uh, on their balance their own budget, they need $83 a barrel to balance that budget. They've got tons of dev demographic issues. A lot of their, um, basically their version of, I guess, the millennials are, you know, there's far more of them than there are, you know, they're baby boomers. Uh, you know, so I guess in America, it's, uh, you know, we're about even baby boomers and, and millennials. I think there's actually a little bit, I hate saying we, um, uh, you know, on many accounts. But anyways, this is a story about control. It's not about money. And so Russia and China, uh, Russia and Saudi Arabia both have it in their best interest to drive down the price of oil. And then, you know, they're going to have a lot of their competitors they are going to go out of business. And all of a sudden, Russia and China are going to find that Russia and Saudi Arabia are going to find themselves having, you know, very few competitors. And it's going to be a very good situation for them. So anyways, uh, I think at the end of the day, it's all about control, not about money. And now back to you, Luke. Yeah. For the record, I consider myself a Zoomer. Uh, just, just for the record. But, but again, uh, it's, it's going to be extremely difficult, if not nearly impossible, to undo all of the damage. And again, this is the continuing of Saudi Arabia just being extremely aggressive because with them producing 2 million barrels per day, that sets their price at $6 to $7 a barrel. No one could compete with that on the already oversupplied, overfilled, abundant global market of oil. Uh, the, the LA Times actually has a very interesting headline. Their headline says, how Putin spurred the Saudis to start a war on America's shale oil industry. What, what the Los Angeles Times forgets to mention is that, again, Russia is going to be hit by this too. Venezuela is going to be hit by this as well. Venezuela has already been bankrupt because of similar kind of strong-headed economic moves, oil, global market, petrodollar moves that have eviscerated a lot of its economy. So this is a lose-lose from everyone. You would think with all the weapons that Donald Trump sold Saudi Arabia that he would have a leash on them. But maybe this could be even be a bigger geopolitical plan because even though this move by Saudi Arabia does hurt the American shale industry, the American energy industry, it significantly does have more of an impact on Russia whose country's GDP is the same as Italy's. But overall, this again is a perfect storm of all this coming in. Doesn't look good. I, I was just kind of curious, how do you see this thing playing out? Do you see this going worse with the coronavirus, with all the other debts and all the other bombs and all the other craziness, with all this other Saudi Arabia, Putin, world oil market stuff? How do you see things unfolding? Because the trajectory doesn't look nice. I mean, it sort of just depends who this is not going to unfold well for. And so there is a case to be made that the stock, if you're judging everything based off the stock market, there's a case for the stock market that could actually hyperinflate because we print so much money and even people like the Fed comes in and maybe starts buying stocks like we mentioned on our previous video and that could send the market to the moon but if only let's say 10% of Americans have any appreciable assets in the stock market to begin with 90% of people could care less if the stock market is up so you got to you know take into account you know who it's going to be good for so i mean let's say uh you know a lot of the baby boomers uh right now you know they you know i think the average 55 to 65 year old 61% of them have less than $100,000 saved in retirement and so right now you're looking okay great. Right. You get fifteen to maybe twenty thousand dollars a year from Social Security. Maybe your hundred grand gets you four thousand dollars a year. Now you've got to live in retirement off twenty four thousand dollars a year. 
every 10 years, everything you want to buy is going to double in price. And so that's going to create tremendous downwards pressure on things like housing. Um, and so that, so it's going to be bad news if you're a baby mover that needs to then sell your house to a Zoomer like Luke and I, because, but that's going to be good news to somebody like Luke and I, who maybe now can then buy your house for half, half the cost. And so again, this is not financial advice. We don't know exactly. No one has a crystal ball. Nobody knows exactly how this is going to play out. And we're seeing so many unprecedented things that in a free market, I could probably tell you how things are going to shake out. The problem is we don't have a free market. We have a Federal Reserve, Central Bank induced market that is constantly manipulating everything seven ways to Sunday. And so when the Fed can come in and like China, for instance, last month, China came in and in one day printed the entire market cap of Bitcoin, uh, which at, at the time, I think Bitcoins was 175 billion. China printed 174 billion just on a Monday, just on a regular Monday. It wasn't even big news. Uh, stock market went up that day i believe and uh and so if you can go and print these assets just in the you know funny money in this blink of a second you know, who's not to say they can't print 10 trillion dollars and it's sort of like you know a gambler who's going and putting all their money down in red and every time they need to keep doubling their bets and eventually they're, they're not going to keep doubling their bets and they're just going to lose and so it really just depends who they're going to lose for i mean personally i mean not to give myself a shameless plug but you know i did give a speech down at Poco where i told people how i thought they should play this because i thought there was a a 50-50 chance the market you know soars higher but not because things are going great because of central bank intervention and because the average person doesn't know the things that we're talking about here also a very good chance the market could tank and so what i said on stage and, and the first time i ever ran this strategy and told people about this on air uh live on video was october 3rd 2018 so i'm not monday morning quarterbacking this but i'm not trying to give myself a big pat in the back it's just if you're listening to somebody talking about financial information you have to do your own due diligence go and search me out go research what i have to say don't just take my word for it but what we were doing is i thought there's a good chance the market goes up or it goes down so i actually had a strategy where if the market went down it sort of worked like uh, like let's say homeowners insurance, where let's say there's a thousand dollar deductible and then you cause you know nine hundred dollars of damage to your house. Well, the, the deductible doesn't matter. You know you just pay it off. However, if your house burns down, the insurance builds your house back. That's sort of where we're at, we're at now. Where two weeks ago everybody met the deductible, which was only down you know a few percent from the from the very very top, and now all these downs are basically they're all being uh, mitigated. And so you know most of our clients are still up year to date. Uh, it's very positive over here. We've got some investments that are up 300% these hedges that we put on but also the strategy works for okay if the fed comes in and buys you know starts buying the stock market and starts pumping in trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars then our strategy would benefit from that as well but it's not something you always want to run i'm not saying i'm some snake oil salesman that just do this all the time because it's a very dynamic situation but i do have the proof that i was on video going back to october 3rd 2018 which is an important date because the date after all that was the day Jerome Powell, the Fed chair, came out and said that we were on quote-unquote autopilot and that the Fed was going to keep raising rates by a quarter of a point every quarter. And then what they were going to do from there is that they were going to sell $50 billion of bonds a month. I knew that couldn't happen. And, and I've gone into this many different times before on, on other shows. But uh, you know, the, the quick version of this is that I knew that none of this could happen, but we're in these unprecedented times where we don't have a free market. And since we don't have a free market, there's a good chance the stock market goes up because of intervention. And there's a good chance it goes down because people don't care about the intervention anymore, Luke. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you make up the rules as you go along and play in this fairy tale land where math doesn't exist, <laughs> where debt could just be accumulated, and it's like, ah, whatever, $23 trillion, what is it? <laughs> now, I think it's 23 
$23 trillion. It's just like, it's utterly insane. There's no going back from that. And uh, the pooch has been screwed, to say the least. Now, also, I wanted to issue an official correction, an official clarification. I am not a Zoomer. I messed up, I messed up my memes. I am a Doomer, for the record. Not a Zoomer. A doomer. Uh, that could be that could be one way of describing me. But this is some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about. Tim has a financial kind of uh, background. I love modern day politics and uh, geopolitics, and I love getting into the news that we're not supposed to know about. So expect more of this content from us on this channel. If you liked it, subscribe, tell your friends about it, because we're going to be doing a lot of videos. The goal starting tomorrow. This is kind of our first little play around, uh, you know, see how things go video. The goal is to do four videos every single day on this YouTube channel. So expect a lot coming from us starting tomorrow. Uh, but uh, I mean, I, I have a lot of hopes for this. I, I, I know Tim for a few years now. Uh, he started with uh, weather, sorry, world alternative uh, media. He started uh, doing a lot of different stuff all over the alternative media sphere. How would you introduce yourself from someone who, who doesn't know you, Tim? Yeah, no, thank you for the introduction. I guess, you know, if you really kind of take the story back to uh, 2008, I graduated in 2008. I wanted to be uh, a financial analyst, which, you know, good luck trying to be that. I mean, I had probably just as good a chance trying to become like a bikini model in 2008. And so I took a job as a financial advisor. But I also, if you back things up in, during uh, during school or university, which, you know, I think is all propaganda anyways, but I ran uh, my school's endowment fund specifically in charge of financial stocks in 2007, 2008, against everyone's best wishes, I put that into cash. And so the guys that inherited my fund, because I graduated in May 2008, everything collapsed September a few months later. And so that fund ended up having the best track record in America that year. Then went to go work for uh, a company where uh, called Waddell and Reed, where there we had the best five-year track record every single year I was there. Not necessarily because I was there, but just because you know I was just showing that I had you know that good foresight and that good insight. But I ended up getting out of college my Series Seven, Series Sixty Six. Uh, you know, a bunch of different uh, licenses. I got uh, a chartered retirement planning counselor designation. But the big one is the certified financial planner designation. But just because I have that doesn't mean you should trust me. You should go back, do your own research yourself. But, you know, I was growing up in, a, in an environment where I believed in the Federal Reserve. I believed in uh, in all these central banks. I believed in Goldman Sachs. I was in a classroom, uh, to be full disclosure, I wasn't actually on the team. Every single person in my class except for me was on the team because I didn't want to have to go spend all my weekends down in New York City, uh, which was about five hours away from my college at the time. So, But my classmates won the national competition on the Federal Reserve against Harvard, Yale, MIT. Our actual saying was, in Fed we trust. So, I mean, just think about the propaganda. And so I never knew that the Fed was private. And one day this guy tells me, uh, he looks like Rob Zombie. He's got his hair down, you know, down to here and telling me that the Federal Reserve is private. I'm like, come on, man. Uh, you know, I've got all these designations and credentials. He sends me uh, to watch Freedom the Fascism. That lends me to, that leads me to Creature from Jekyll Island, which then leads me to, you know, eventually being at the uh, TDV Investment Summit on stage with, uh, you know, Gia Griffin. And so I'm someone that got red-pilled, you know, pretty early out of the gates on all this stuff. I mean, Luke was a guy who I looked up to, uh, you know, big time, uh, you know, from back in the day, just, you know, having all, you know, having the, the cojones to put all this information out there. Uh, but, and I think I first met Luke at uh, the Nexus Earth Conference in uh, September of 2017. And I was there to try to convince people a little bit early, mind you, that they should sell their Bitcoin into these special 
special types of trust. In these trusts, you get to bypass all capital gains. It's really only good for early adopters, people that have like seven-figure type trust. So unless unless you uh, don't unless you've got underneath seven figures of Bitcoin, it's probably not going to apply to you. But anyways, this was September of 2017, before the big mania. That I you know we had an idea myself and Ernest Hancock that this was going to be a big thing. Little did I know that it would absolutely take off. And then people started asking me about crypto IRAs and Bitcoin IRAs and all this other stuff. I then, uh, long story short, I was set to go speak at the uh, Anarchapoco uh, three Anarchapocos ago. And my investment firm decided to tell me, you know what? Every single advisor in America, 17,000 of them, you are all banned from talking about Bitcoin. And this was after I'd already spent like thousands of hours of research into how to do these trusts, into how to do crypto IRAs. So I ended up having to pay a $17,000 fine, drop my Series 7 license. I still have a Series 66, so I can still help people out uh, with portfolios and all that other stuff. And then effectively, the state of Arizona shut me down for an entire year and not shut me down. They just wouldn't give me a fingerprint card. So I couldn't really work for almost all of 2018. But now I'm back bigger than ever. Uh, I've got all the track record to prove everything. And, and I'm not saying this to, you know, create victory laps over here. It's just, you know, I don't really, people don't really know me because of shadow banning. Uh, I create, I was a you know big time libertarian and you know, I was in the Ron Paul movement. And then 2016 came around and and I saw what was going on uh, with the Libertarian Party, where all of a sudden they were asking Bill Weld about, uh, you know, how dangerous guns are, and he's saying that handguns are more dangerous than AR-15s, and you know, you've got to bake the cakes for people. And for me, when they made the gun comment, that was just when I finally decided, you know, what, I'm done with the Libertarian Party. Decided that I would pull for Donald Trump. Created a page August 27, 2016. By the time of the election, had over 32,000 people following me. And then uh, the week after the election, I had a fake news list. Go look it up on my page. November November 16th, 2016, where I'm claiming to be the first person to appropriate that term from the left. And there's a whole story I can get into about that at another date. Uh, but that day, I went from getting 1,200 new subscribers down to negative. I've been negative ever since for four years. And so that's why nobody knows who I am. And this is not about me being some uh, you know, big celebritarian over here. It's about me trying to get the information out because this is not information everybody knows. And what really kind of struck a fire under me is when that guy told me the Federal Reserve is private. And I'm like, I've got all these designations. I was in the class that won the national competition and I didn't know it was private. So if I don't know it's private, who the heck else knows it's private? And so it really lit a fire in me. That's my passion. Uh, yeah, so I did start on World Alternative Media, but even prior to that, I was doing a lot of shows with Ernest Hancock of Freedoms Phoenix, who he created the Ron Paul Revolution logo, helped kick all that off. And so, you know, I really have to thank Ernie for where I'm at and then Josh. And now, you know, being able to do videos with Luke is really just such an honor to me. But, you know, definitely appreciate this. I know it's sort of a long intro, but, you know, you, you've got to, you know, know who who's the other person is there that's helping giving you the news. So, you know, I invite people to go check out my previous work because not a lot of people have seen it, uh, but I do have a pretty good track record and I really look forward to helping bring you guys the real news going forward. So, yeah, uh, yeah that was pretty long. <laughs> Holy cow. You speak really fast too. I don't know if the audience is going to like that or hate that, but I think that's usually a good thing for YouTube because everyone just wants things quick and, and rapid. So, you know, obviously we're doing strategies here to circumvent uh you know a lot of the the shadow banning a lot of the demonetization uh as far as me if you never heard of me i'm a celebritard doing this for like close to 20 years now trying to get hidden information trying to learn trying to do research and doing my best to attain value uh from information and give it back to you as much as i can that's my major goal that's what i do that's what i strive to do every single video what can i give you what can i give you that you can't get anywhere else that will help you in life. And uh, the best way to do that is to give you information as it comes in from an unbi unbiased, not left, not right, not uh, 
controlled by any special interest news. This is real. This is raw. This is unedited. We don't have any graphics here. We're just going to release as much as we can, do as much as we can. And if you like that, click subscribe, click the notification button. It's a brand new channel. That means you're probably going to get the notifications, unlike my previous channel. So uh, stay tuned for more here on Change the News. That, that might be the name. I don't know. Maybe who sees. Well, let us know what you think the name is. Change the News so Channel. Yeah. Change, change the news channel. I like that kind of, uh, but that's too long. But change the news. I, I don't know. Let, let us know. Other way, stay tuned for more here on Change the News channel, maybe. See you later. Yeah, Bye. See you guys.